welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, how's it going, Scott? I'm really good today. How are you? I'm doing good. Why are you doing so good today? I just got back from Hawaii. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing as well today as I thought I was now. <laughs> but I was in San Diego, so I can't complain. No, it was, it was a blast. I was, I was at a, a, a training helping uh, advisors learn how to be better listeners, and it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, maybe your training will help with today's question. Let's do it. All right, and this is a question, a listener question from Dave. Thank you, Dave, for your question. The subject is, should I switch advisors? Mm. And his message is this. He says, I've been with an advisor for more than seven years. He's advised my family members for decades. I like and trust him, but his firm's fee is 0.8%. I'm considering a move to Vanguard with only a 0.3% fee. Mm. Should I stay with my current trusted and more expensive advisor or save 50 basis points or half a percent? by changing firms? Yeah, great question. Good question, yeah. Cool. Where do you want to start with this? Um, So I think to answer this, we have to start with um, helping people understand what the options are Mm -hmm. uh, so they can come to their own conclusions. Yeah, yeah, understand the options out there because there are different prices for different options. Mm -hmm. And not every option is perfect for everyone. Yep. So understanding what those are and what they cost is I think the first step in deciding what the best next move is. Absolutely. Also, I think along the way while we're doing this, we'll maybe explain the um, how financial advisors have shifted their level of service mm-hmm. as um, technologies allowed them to. Mm-hmm. Great. So I, th- I think, and also be, honestly, partly, partially out of necessity. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're an investment advisor and all you do is manage assets for people, um, I think the answer to this question is really clear. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without skipping too far ahead, because I agree with you, yeah. I think uh, you're exactly right. So let's start with um, what What are some of the options? Obviously, someone yeah. knows that well, they want to build a portfolio or invest. They can go to a financial planner. Yep. What are some other options out there? Why don't we just that start Dave's with alluding the, the, to? Why don't we just start with the simplest solution? Mm-hmm. Um, so the simplest, <laughs> the simplest solution that will cost even less than 03 percent is you could just simply choose to invest in a balanced. Mutual fund. Just bypass the advisor, go buy the fund on your own or build a portfolio on your own, right? Yeah. Well, no, you're not even technically building it on your own. You're just then, choosing right? the like, fund. Like Vanguard, I believe it's called the Vanguard Wellington Fund mm-hmm. is a 60% stock, 40% bond fund that will reallocate itself. Um, and if that's really all that you're looking for and that's exactly the allocation you need, well, then you're, you're, you're done and, it, and it, yeah. you don't even have to pay the 0.3%. Don't pay anything. Right? Besides yeah, the internal just, fee or whatever, you know, yeah. few basis points that might be. That's the simplest form. And uh, yeah, and that's, uh, we're going to use a term called basis points. Let's, let's quickly define what that means because okay. people probably hear that and say, what, what on earth are you talking about? Yeah, a basis point's a really geeked out way of saying um, a percentage. So 1% is 
is equal to 100 basis points. Mm-hmm. So, so if you charge a fee of 1% on a portfolio, you're charging 100 basis points. Yep, and sometimes we'll even, we'll even call it BIPs because mm-hmm. we, we like to say things phonetically. They're lazy. Yes. <laughs> so if someone says, I, I pay 30 BIPs, it's 0.3%, mm-hmm. 30 BIPs. Um, but so you know, if, if we're looking at what are, what are the options, first option is don't, don't have an advisor at all. Right. Uh, right. And I think if you're looking, if you're viewing an advi- if, if we're really just looking at investment management um, and you're and you want a really simple passive strategy, well, maybe that's the right solution for you. Mm-hmm. If you're getting all of the other needs that you for that an advisor could provide you elsewhere or you're handling it all on your own and you don't feel the need for expertise. That could be great. Yeah. Um, the next level you could go to is hiring a robo advisor. Right. So a robo-advisor or, you know, it's an online advisor. Um, there's companies like Betterment and Vanguard, um, you know, would have a, would be a, a, a robo. There's a few others. And oftentimes what they're doing is they're creating um, investment allocations. Maybe they're helping you through either a questionnaire or through, um, well, some of them now have, hum- uh, you know, CFPs on staff like Vanguard does to have these conversations with you to help you figure out maybe what savings rate you should hit and what uh, investment allocation you should hit. And then they'll, they'll manage it for you. Right. And that, that can be a great solution as well. Right. So you're answering a questionnaire that says, how old are you? What's your comfort level with risk? What's your risk tolerance? What are your goals? Yep. And they're building out a, a good portfolio for you yeah, probably, based upon that. Probably something probably. like that with yeah. like, what, what's your savings rate and what are your goals? Yeah, what, what are you hoping to accomplish? And were you really using more than likely time value of money calculations and understanding some probabilities and building portfolios that are uh, you know, viewed prudent, generally speaking, and, you know, that would clear muster with compliance and then helping people invest like that. Right, right. So which yeah. is, a, which is if, if all you're looking for is a good investment portfolio, but you don't want to do it on your own, that can be a good option. Yeah. Having I mean, a, they, a robo they, do they that for you. Even, um, and I haven't dove in deeply into what do they offer? What don't they offer? My assumption would be they may ask general questions around planning and things like that too. Um, like maybe hopefully making sure you have an estate plan in place if you need one or, you know, uh, general questions around other things. But my, my assumption, uh, and I think it's, I, 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 I can't imagine this not being the case is that they probably can't go deep on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's one that it's the first option you mentioned was just bypassing everything altogether, buy yeah. a mutual fund, buy an index fund that does the rebalancing for you, mm-hmm. set it and forget it. Yeah, the next option just up, set it and forget it, and pay like three basis points, and now you're all set. Yeah, and assuming it's a good fund, and assuming it's the the mix of stocks and bonds is appropriate for what you're trying to do, yep. that could be a, a good option. Yeah, this is one step above that. It's one step more expensive than that, and it's actually having a robo type platform select the investments for you, rebalance them for you, but not just one fund, but multiple funds, which may be a benefit, maybe not. Um, but it's it's kind of one step up from that. Yep. What Dave's referring to here is kind of even a little bit of a step up from that, where at Vanguard, you can get that plus have someone that you work with. You can have a, a planner 
as a contact. And for that, it's 30 basis points, so 0.3%. Right. And if I uh, I read a little bit up on this before, and if I met, if I read something that wasn't up to date, then my apologies. But I think it was and – it pro- and it makes sense to me. It's something along the lines of, you know, if you have a certain dollar range of like under a half million dollars, you're probably going to be assigned to a team of advisors – if you have a certain amount of assets, I think it was like maybe over half a million dollars, then you're going to be assigned a specific advisor. Um, so there's there's benefits there as well, right? Because at least for me, when I'm thinking about this, um, because to me, one of the biggest benefits of having an advisor, um, and, and actually Vanguard speaks of this in their study. Have you, have you ever read Vanguard's yeah. Advisor Alpha? Advisor Alpha, yeah. Okay, so we can link to it in the show notes. But uh, Advisor Alpha did a study for, I think they've been doing the studies for over a decade where they basically go and look at what is the value. Can you quantify the value of your advisor? And they really break it into three components, portfolio construction, um, which honestly it's hard to add a lot of benefit in portfolio construction. Um, Maybe you can get a benefit in something called asset location that we're not even really going to dive into deeply here, which basically just means where do I place specific types of assets because of the tax underlying tax issues that happen and how I'm investing them, like in a retirement account or in a taxable account. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next section is in wealth management, which is really in like rebalancing your portfolio, maybe helping you select which accounts you should withdraw from from first to help, uh, again, save more than likely save on taxes and and prolong portfolio. And then the last component uh, that they they put a, a large amount of credence to is behavioral coaching, advisor guidance. Um, and advisor guidance, when you just think of it simplistically on the high level at first, you kind of just go, okay, cool. I can pay 0.3 for, for this one, or I can pay 0.8 for this one. Um, and like, I mean, I, my clients pay, pay one, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they pay more, um, just, just to be, so you guys, uh, for all intents and purposes, but the, the key here, when I'm thinking about this is for the behavioral component, it really comes back down to how well, how trusting of a relationship is it that you have with your advisor is, is how I would view it. And the reason I think of it that way is because the behavioral coaching component of it is really all about helping people make proper choices in times of distress. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a connected, deep relationship with someone in the time of distress, when you call them needing something from them, you, that may not work out very well for you. Right. So I, I would be concerned personally um, when I'm thinking about Dave's question of paying less to still have a human, but it not be a human that, as he mentioned, he deep, he really trusts. Right. Because right. if I'm at a, it, like just thinking about if I was a young person coming out of school right now as a CFP, Vanguard's probably an amazing place for me to go start my career. But if I find that uh, there's better pay options or I want to niche into a de- better, I, I know I really want to focus on just working with physicians. Um, I'm guessing that's hard for me to do. At Van- uh, I'm, I'm saying Vanguard. I'm just saying any robo generally because they're going after mass market um, where you could start going after specific names or specific types of people. So I would be concerned if I was in Dave's shoes that if I did that switch, it would seem great to me on paper. But my, or it may still even be a great choice, even as I'm saying this, right? But mm-hmm. but if it's going to be an issue that the person who's assigned, even if it's the 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 half million dollars or more, um, that person has higher turnover than what's happening in his existing firm, right? So let's talk. Does about, that make sense? It does. It does. It could be a good option. It may uh, it may not be. And so I think what might be helpful for our listeners is to 
quantify, you know that at Vanguard, you can go get the service for 0.3%, yep. and they're going to build you a good portfolio. That's that's established. I, we both think Vanguard's a great company. They build great mutual funds. We have a ton of respect for Vanguard and what they do. I have respect for what they're doing with personal advisor services, Absolutely. Too. It's offering an amazing service that a lot of people need for an inexpensive cost when a lot of people maybe can't access full service. Absolutely. It's a great service at a great cost. So let's talk about if someone's going to do something above that and have a more and hire a more full service financial planner. What are the things they should expect? What should they expect to get out of that relationship to justify paying more than what they could pay to Vanguard? Yep. So the the way I would think about that, and I think that's what it really is going to come down to for for um, Dave's question, is um, what we we think of as the four C's, uh, which are competence. Mm-hmm. Coaching, continuity, and convenience. I thought you were going to say Canole. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Convenience. No, not not at my firm. <laughs> not James Canole. Okay. <laughs> at your, at your firm. <laughs> at my firm. Got it. Okay. But why don't why don't we walk through um, competence just a bit? Yeah, let's do that. So with financial planning, there's it's not just investments. It's not th- that's not what financial planning is. Yeah. That's one aspect of it. But when you're talking about competence and you want to be working with a financial planner. You want to make sure that person's well-versed in financial planning, kind of big picture, when tax-saving strategies and investment management and estate planning and, and kind of risk management, which is a way of saying insurance. what insurance should yeah. you have, uh, business planning, if that applies to you. There's all these different components to financial planning that don't even necessarily have anything to do with your investments. Right. So, And then it gets into level of depth of what you need, right? So, right. So like we don't know um, Dave at all, but like if, if he has um, stock compensation – um, is he going to get the the advice that he needs um, at the lower at the lower price point? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm guessing more than likely not, mm-hmm. right? Or in depth tax planning, um, where you're tying in with the accountant, the the mm-hmm. advisor and the accountant are tying in and CCing the client on things that are happening and making sure that everything gets handled appropriately. Mm-hmm. Does that happen? I'm assu- I'm just I'm going to assume not because I know how a business works and. If I'm going to have if I'm going to start a business where I'm going to have people pay 0.3% per year, I'm going to have to have my advisors cover hundreds of clients. Mm-hmm. Not a couple hundred, not mm-hmm. a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So and if that happens, all of a sudden the amount of depth that the advisor can go to is diminished. Mm-hmm. It just has to for it to work. Right. And there's that doesn't mean that it's a wrong solution, but it doesn't have the depth that working with a full advisor can do. Mm-hmm. And this is just, this is one example. Does that make sense? Totally. So, and then if we carry that on to um, the, the concept of coaching, um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think coaching is one of the biggest ones that we see because so much of financial planning isn't just knowing the right information. It's, it's are you enacting good financial behaviors? And that's the hardest part. And that's sometimes what good financial coaching does. Right. Um, whether it's understanding what your money can do for you and having a financial planner that can coach you to make the right decisions, whether it's just having someone to kind of give you that nudge to remind you of why you're saving or why you're investing or why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes it takes a coach to kind of help push you in the direction of where you want to go because it can be challenging at times. Yeah. Um, and then more than anything, when it comes to your investments, there's study at the doll bar studies or doll bar studies that you see all the time. If you look at those and you're kind of rolling your eyes, cause I, I think, you know, for whatever it's worth, the average investor underperforms the market as a whole. Yeah. You can, you can, we can kind of go back and forth as to how much, but people make dumb decisions with their money because we're emotional. 
Yeah, but, but like it, advisors included. Ad- advisors included. <laughs> Which is why, in my opinion, advisors shouldn't be in charge of their own money, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we have the same emotional issues that everyone else has. It's it's hard to be objective uh, about your money. Hard, very hard to be to be centered about your own stuff. And you need to. It, it takes some humility sometimes for us to recognize that. But you need to have someone who's objective and who who you trust enough to coach you away from bad decisions with your money. So if you don't have that, maybe you get that through Vanguard. And again, Vanguard's great. They have a great service. But can't with that service model, can they build that trusted relationship to allow that advisor to, to give the coaching that's going to be valuable to you? Yes, yeah, so I think that's a valid point. Um, I will say that I know some, some people don't necessarily need the coaching on investments. They're just like, they're good to go. They're not going to worry about it. I have clients like that who are still clients. Uh, but then there's another layer of nuance. It's the it's it's proactive versus reactive as mm. far as the advisor relationship's yeah. concerned. And it's also just truly getting to know who Dave is. So it's like, if I know that Dave gets his raises and his performance reviews like in March... And then I know at the next meeting, I'm going to ask, how did that go? And where are we allocating that new money? So that rather than just simply living into it to keep up with the Joneses, I know what's really more important to him is saving for uh, pick anything, right? Like whatever, whatever truly matters to him and is a real priority. We make sure we go put the money there so mm-hmm. that it's actually helping him live a better life. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's a, there's a huge difference there. And you, you, it's really hard to do that. Um, again, if you're working reactively rather than proactively. Yeah. Or, and you brought up this, uh, before we started recently, something called the secure act was passed. That's going to change what people should be doing with right. their saving strategies, with their investment strategies. And if you don't have an advisor that's kind of out in front of that and proactively reaching out to you because they know you and they, they truly know you, they know your plan, they know your goals. So that stuff might not be addressed right. before before some planning points are missed. So having that more responsive, proactive relationship and, and is that, part of this. And to that point, and I think you know, uh, some advisors want to be generalists. Some advisors want to really focus in on a niche as well. So like if if Dave was. Uh, I don't know. I keep saying physician because it's it's an easy niche target when you think of demographics. But if that's what you are, Dave, um, there are physician, there are advisors who just focus on working physicians. I mean, there are advisors who just woke up like focus on working with ER doctors mm-hmm. because of the, all the little issues and, and intricacies of of their specific position. So all of a sudden, you have someone who not only knows you and what you want to accomplish and what you're aiming for, but also knows all of the intricacies of your your job and profession. So they could probably easily make, cause to me it always comes back to, is the juice worth the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Mm-hmm. And basically that's Dave's question. Is it, is the 50 bips worth it? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The 0.5%. Is it worth it? Yeah. And he has to weigh that himself. No yep. one else can do that for him, but these are the kind of questions I would be thinking about to weigh that. Yeah. So if he's going to pay it, the first two things we've addressed that he should be getting for that is competence, but right. a depth of competence, Yep. Uh, more depth and coaching. What's, what's the third C? Uh, continuity. What does that look like? If someone's paying for continuity, what's yep. some examples of so that? So I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I was recently in the process of hiring my own advisor because um, I'm just going to, you know, to put it out there, I'm always the last client of my firm. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Right? And then I, I know the things I needed to do, but I wasn't always doing them because I was always helping other people do their own stuff. Right. It's like the, the cobbler's children has no shoes. 
Um, so, so I purposefully went and hired someone. And one of the reasons I hired them is exactly because of continuity. And there's a few things in there, but the main one to me that I think about is that I am the financial expert of the family and I know where everything is and where it all goes and all of those things. And if something were to happen to me, I would want someone who I know and trust, not someone who's just who, who is going to roll through, and I don't know what the turnover is going to be, and all of those yeah. things. But I want to know my advisor is going to be there for my wife if something ever happens to me. Yeah, and, and and not just someone that knows you and your portfolio and your account balances, but someone that knows you, knows me, knows our family, knows what our values are, knows the things that we want to be, what our hopes and aspirations are with everything, so that. When things, were, if something were to happen to me, when things calm down, um, they can be there to help her. Yeah. Set the course for her ne- for the new life. Yeah. So it's help with spouses. It's help if you have kids that you want to be able to set up with good kind of financial principles. Can Will you, your advisor kind of look at that multi-generational type planning mm-hmm. of helping kids establish good habits? Maybe there's parents you have and they're just... Your finances don't exist in a vacuum. There's so much tied into other family members, whether it's spouses or kids or parents or relatives. And just having that continuity of of relationship throughout all that can really help. Yeah. And I mean, I'll I'll actually harp on this just a touch more because now I work with younger clients. um, But at my old firm, we focused on working mainly with retirees. So our average clients were in their late 60s, early 70s. And so it was a couple of times a year. We were helping clients through um, really a, a grieving process, but I, I started to see the, I really saw the value in the continuity there because mm-hmm. we knew that family like the back of our hand mm-hmm. um, so that we could help them with all the financial needs while they could focus on what mattered most to them. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, uh, not canole, but convenience. Convenience. What does that look like? Yeah. So to me, if you if someone knows you really really well and and you have a really tight trusting relationship, um, I think it's a few things. One thing is, people can call me, and I know because we do financial life planning here, so I know what their top priorities in life are, and we're always focused on that and the energy behind it and the steps we can take to get them there. But it's so easy to move into keeping up with the Joneses or the Canoles. You know, yeah. uh, and so maybe you go, uh, maybe you go on a ski vacation to Montana, and you get it in your head that like I really need, a, I need, I really need a rental here. I really need this. Yeah. And so, guess what? You get to call me. Yeah. Right. And you and Ashlyn call, and and I know that in your heart of hearts, you really just want to save for the down payment on your house, and you know, start having your family, and but you're like, you know, uh, we really just. We we really see this to be an amazing place for us to have that that second that that first home technically not our second mm-hmm. home not a vacation home and it'd be this great investment property and all these things. Well, I can quickly come back to you and what matters most to you, <laughs> and just say we're absolutely can look at that. Um, I can tell you that without even looking at it right away, that will delay this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like me to run the numbers on that? Mm-hmm. You know what happens nine times out of ten. Oh, no, don't don't do that. Yeah. But thank you so much for this conversation. What just happened there? I just helped them go back to what matters most to them because I actually know it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I got to be a sounding board for them and a lens to look through on what truly matters to them most in life. Um, 
I mean, that's convenience and coaching kind of tied together. Totally. Um, but it's it's really important. And and I would say that's that's hugely valuable. Then on just, I don't want to say little things because they're not little things, but just on top of that, the convenience of having, does your advisor coordinate with your CPA on tax-related matters if, right. if needed? Does your advisor coordinate with your state attorney on, on things if needed? That I mean, that, you don't want to have three, four, five separate relationships and have to kind of reinvent the wheel every time. If you have an advisor that understands what you're looking for and looking to do and can then go communicate on your behalf or coordinate on your behalf, right? that's hugely important. Fully agree. And I think some to me, sometimes even full service advisors kind of over, to me, they over, they over say this. They say they're the financial quarterback, which to me means that they're the one who's like running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in my view, we're, our job is to be a facilitator, right? So if we meet with you and we know these are the three things we want to go do and these are the strategies we want to implement, then it's our job, our team's job to go make sure that, you know, the CPA's understanding and congruent with what we're doing and the estate planner is and the insurance guy is and like we're helping you facilitate all those things, but you're always in the driver's seat, right? Right. I like it. So in in looking at that, again, this isn't to say that Dave or anyone else should go work with a more comprehensive planner. No, I think- But I if think they are- the, To me, the whole purpose of this conversation is like, what do you need? Yes. Quantify right? the difference. Yeah. And some of these things are hard to quantify, but by talking through them, you can understand- Well, you'll start to get a- fe- You will start to get a feeling for it. Yes. And it's really looking at where are you on the, perspect- on the, on the spectrum of- I want to Google everything and mm-hmm. do it all myself, or I want a full service advisor who can help me handle all of these things. And there are so many options in between. Yes. And it's really just looking at what what fits, you know, the where you're at in life, mm-hmm. what fits your your inclinations. Like if you're an achiever who loves learning and geeking out about finance and you actually follow through may never need to why why pay yeah why even hire a robo advisor at that point now go do it on your own yeah you know i am a financial advisor and i realized that there because i am a financial advisor i put myself and my family last Mm because i'm always worried about my clients Mm -hmm. so i realized i should have my own advisor Mm -hmm. i will also tell you the other benefit that i found of that is that before in, in conversations with with my wife amanda i was always the expert and she wasn't Mm. So you can't see me right now, but I'm holding one fist higher than the other, right? Because I knew what we were supposed to do, and I would just be like, this is what we're supposed to do, and Mm -hmm. you have to follow. But now we get to have a conversation where we're together as a team Mm -hmm. talking to to someone else, and it's given me a whole new perspective that I I really appreciate. So I kind of get to see what the client sees, which has been really helpful. Yeah, I love it. So if you're out there listening... Again, just to reiterate what Scott just said, if you're getting, if you're with an advisor or thinking about maybe hiring a more comprehensive advisor, there's great, and, I'm, and we're, we're biased. Can we hit on one piece that I missed? No. Um, the, yes. The, the the question to me is the 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 point eight percent advisor, if they're only offering the point three percent service, this answer is insanely simple. Mm. Go, go do it. Go do the 0.3% service. Yes. The 30 bips versus the 80, right? If, if the advisor is saying that they're a full service advisor with the four C's of competence, coaching, conviction, and continuity, but they're really only giving you an asset allocation and that's it, 
Well, by all means, go go cut your costs. Go, go cut your costs significantly. There's, there's no reason to yeah. keep doing that. But yeah. if, if you are getting all of those benefits, then you have to weigh: Are the benefits worth the 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 price? Right. Agreed. I agree. Um, I hope this was helpful, and I think you know. Obviously, we're biased, Scott. We uh, we fully oh, believe sure. in what we do, and Absolutely. so they're just full disclosure here. Yeah, Scott and I both do this. If you haven't figured that out by now, <laughs> we do. So, yeah. so th- this is our perspective. Um, but I hope that's helpful to kind of flush out what are you going to get at different levels of um, support, whether full service or Vanguard. And, and they would call it full service, but or, Vanguard or services pick a fund. or pick a fund. <laughs> yes, all great options depending on what you need. Um, but we do want to make sure that if you're paying for something, you're getting the value to to match that. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode number 31 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the notes and resources from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be episode number 31 with all the notes and resources. If you're enjoying the podcast and if you're not yet subscribed, please do so. A new episode is released every Wednesday morning. And by subscribing, you'll be notified as soon as a new episode is released. And if you're enjoying the episodes and if you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving a five-star review. It would help more people find our show and we love when more people find our show. If you have a question that you want us to answer, then please head over to the Real Personal Finance website and there'll be a section on the bottom of each page where you can submit your own question for us to answer on a future episode. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.